Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Taber Contreras. And ladies, today we're going to talk about evolving versus remaining the same. And I want to talk because I believe that most of you listening to this podcast have the intention to continually grow and continually evolve. You don't want to remain the same. It is also true, though, that there are seven things that can block you from truly evolving on a continuous basis, and we'll talk about those and talk about a perspective, uh, talk about it, I'm sorry, from a biblical perspective and specifically dive a little bit deeper into some verses in Matthew chapter seven that as I was taking what started out as an IG reel and really God used it to uh, bring this new understanding of living with intention to continually evolve and uh, be open and receptive to how he is leading us at any given time. So by the excuse me, by the end of this episode, my goal is that you are aware of where you might be remaining the same by default and what to be on the lookout for so that you can be in continuous evolution, right? Or growth, right? The reminder being that you're created on purpose with a unique and greater purpose. God planted the seed. It is up to us as individuals to cultivate that to its greatest and highest potential, right? We get to be active participants in that. So there are there is God's intentional, uh, it's, it's done, it is certain, it is preordained, and there is, uh, so it would be con- unconditional will, right? And those things will be done no matter what, like the fact that by knowing and believing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and died and cross for, or died on the cross for your sins, that is, you know that you are saved and you know that you have um, God's protection and favor, Conditional would be there's natural consequences associated with whether or not we abide by his word and his, you know, roadmap, which is his word of the Bible in experiencing and giving the very best, right? And so we get to be active participants in that because he also gave us free will. Make sense? So let's go ahead and dive in and Again, this honestly thought, this thought started as an IG reel. If you guys are on IG, I would love to connect with you over there as well. It's Rebecca Tabert and on IG and I am, I'm getting more intentional about my uh, kind of page on IG and my reach out and my content on IG with the intent of being able to reach more women to help. And, you know, like I've always said, either it's to, for a moment, a season, or perhaps within one of my coaching programs, but IG Reels seems to be the way to get in front of people, one of the best ways to get in front of people right now. And so, again, being an active participant, I am a work in progress, and some of them are quite hysterical, and I don't mean hysterical as in intentional, but as in I'm perfect in my imperfections, I'm figuring it out as I go. So one of these IG Reels that came up was, you know, this 
quote of every day we are given the choice to either evolve or remain the same. Which do you choose today? And it prompted much deeper thoughts in me because, of course, the statement is not 100% accurate. We are, we by default evolve in some aspects or areas, right? I'm quite certain that because you're listening to this podcast, you are someone that, like I said, intends to work on personal growth, right? And also, I'm also, I'm also confident that you aren't still wearing diapers, you aren't still crawling, you aren't still playing the high school games that some of the girls played when we were in high school, right? And I'm sure I did to some extent or what have you. I feel like I was on the, the other, the receiving end of a lot of it though. Um, and so we obviously do evolve to some extent, right? However, even as believers, even as women that are, you know, part of our faith is to continually learn, grow and evolve as we get to grow in relationship with God and as we get to grow as a woman of God and just our character, our ways of being, our focus, our intention and and all the things, right? And yet so many of us get caught up in the busy or the day to day and or what is of this world because it's the reminder that even if you are at a season where you are in his word on a daily basis, maybe that's 30 minutes for you. Maybe that's an hour. Maybe it's 10 minutes for you of just intentional focus time. Of course, you're praying and you're seeking him throughout the day, but you know that 10 minutes of really being focused on him versus it just kind of being a side dish to the rest of the day, right? But then there is another, you know, I was going to say 24-7, but minus your sleeping hours in which the influences of the world are all around us. So it is, it would be part of our nature to not even realize that perhaps we are being blocked from evolving to the greatest extent God intends for you and or getting caught up in in some ways seemingly harmless seemingly for a greater good of whatever it is you're working on with family or your business or your community or what have you and taking on uh characteristics that that he doesn't want for us right and so the we then block the evolution of who God wants you to continually become, experience, and give because it's it's stifled. The growth, the depth is stifled because you're potentially blocked and may not even realize it. So these are some things that came to mind. There's seven of them. The one is, are you living on autopilot versus living each day with intention? And again, I can be guilty of any one of these in any given season, but it's just to bring that front of mind awareness of am I talk am I starting the day with like hitting the ground running, right? Hitting snooze and then racing out of bed and getting all the things, or maybe you don't hit snooze, but you are racing out of bed, you're jumping out of social media, you're jumping out of email, and you just get up, do the same thing again tomorrow. You feel burnt out, you feel like you're you know, burning the, it used to be an older expression of like burning the candle at both ends, right? And it really is like you just get up, do the same thing tomorrow versus living each day with intention, right? Setting the plan, making the plan, executing the plan based on not just the busyness, but what is in alignment for your highest good, right? Uh, The second thing is, are you mostly reactive as the day evolves or 
are you proactively planning and then also protecting your time, right? If you plan time with God and someone decides that they, short of small kids at home, right? Someone else decides they have an emergency. Do you allow that to disrupt the time you had planned and scheduled with God for yourself? Do you uh, schedule your workouts and plan what time of day you're going to have that physical release and yet somebody decides something is an emergency or they need you or whatever the case may be, you don't have healthy boundaries and so that doesn't happen according to plan most often, right? There's gonna be exceptions, but what does the majority look like? Are you reactive? Do you allow yourself to be thrown by the day or do you own your day each and every day, right? The third is your stinking thinking, your poor self-talk. Is it frequent and is it loud? And then, of course, the enemy amplifies our stinking thinking. That could look like I'm not enough and you feel like you're, um, you have imposter syndrome, right? Maybe it be as the mom and you're comparing yourself with other moms at your kid's school or it's in business and you feel like you're your worth or your value doesn't match up with what God has put on your heart. So you're putting yourself out there, but you feel like you're a fraud. By the way, almost all successful people have variations of imposter syndrome because that's part of growth is you're continually stretching beyond and it, there's always that sense of fear and it, good enough. And it, that's part actually of what drives you to continually pursue better, right? I want to stay on track though. The fourth is, are you distracted by busy, right? You either over commit and, or you don't even realize the amount of time that you are spending on social media and TV and all the things, right? I hear a lot. Women will say, I don't have time for that. Reality is that when you can look back at your own life and when you decided something was urgent or important, somehow you ended up having time for it right? It's that whatever you're saying you're too busy to do, you have decided that it's not important enough to make it a priority, right? So it could be that you're overcommitted, which again, I can't go down too much. Like each one of these could be its own episode, but sometimes overcommitment, it can look, it can be from a source of, again, feeling some sort of some insecurity or not good enough. You might be a people pleaser, which is like the death of you, you cannot be a people pleaser. It's never, it's a fruitless effort. You're never going to please everyone all the time. And it is never good to, uh, you know, it's good to be kind. It's good to be serving. It's good to um, have like that outward giving spirit. However, not to please people, but to be honoring God. And so sometimes that means that you actually need to say no, no more often and get comfortable with saying no so that you can say yes to the right things, which starts first and foremost with your own personal time with God and your own self-care. Because again, can't give your best if you aren't at your best. Um, and sorry, I think I said five There's or seven. There's actually five. And then the fifth is that your brain is comfortable with the discomfort of where you are. As much as you want to change and you want to get more intentional in some aspect of life, you don't follow through with yourself. And the reason that happens is because going back to more of the science side of things, your brain is designed, and again, as believers, it's phenomenal when we think about these like intricate details, that your brain is designed to keep you safe. Your brain is designed um, 
to protect you from the unknown or what feels scary, right? And when we want to change, when we want to do something different, it can be scary. Even showing up to a like gym for the first time is scary for a lot of women. I know it was scary for me when I started, right? And so your brain says that's scary, that's uncomfortable, we shouldn't do that, right? And so there's a lot going on there. And even if it's a chaos situation and you're like, there's no way I'm comfortable with this, your brain has become comfortable with the chaos because it's known chaos and it still sees whatever improvement you're trying to make or maybe you're trying to change your situation or change your dynamic. The unknown is more chaotic than what is known as chaos. I hope that makes sense. And again, I can't go into too much detail because it's not the main point of this um, episode today, but any one of these could be individual episodes. So feel free to message me if you have any questions or you want me to dig deeper on any one of those points. The And again, I 100% can be guilty of any one of them, to some to a lesser degree than others at this point, and some I can unknowingly slip into just like anyone else, right? And then we get to catch it and we get to correct it when we realize that we've slipped into one of them, right? Maybe it's getting busy or maybe it's like God's calling you to a new level of outreach and you're like, like me and IG reels. It's not comfortable for me. It is not my my uh, comfort zone, right? And I feel like a dork and I like have all the things of this is stupid. I should take this down. All the things come to me as well. But that is one of the tools that our world has provided in order for me to be that active participant in what God has called me to do, which is to reach more women to equip and empower them to know their worth, to live it, to experience it, and to give it by taking care of themselves and optimizing them their health in mind and body. I shared before that God gave me this um, these words, being kingdom fit, right? Being kingdom fit in each aspect of life means, you know, being fit enough to be available for all that he has for us in any given aspect of life, right? And, you know, to be able to manage the the weight of the purpose that he has for us. We need to be in, we need to have that strong foundation, which is based on his word and the vessel that he gave us physically, right? So, um, and I will also tell you that right now, uh, God and this, I don't know if this is true for you. I, I am assuming that at least a couple of you have experienced this at the beginning of this year because I've seen it happen within my Christians um, entrepreneurial cycles or uh, circles where I am not the only one where God is calling to kind of a higher level of commitment and intention and discipline um, as we go into this next year, some of the common themes that I've seen is he's placed it on many Christian women's hearts um, this, you know, first year of the first few weeks of the year to really reflect on 2021 and all of his faithfulness. Right. Uh, and in doing so, that prepares us to set up this next year and look forward to, and again, that could be its own episode. So that is one of the themes, but also this this idea of being even more intentional. And, you know, 
we get to continually evolve. Most of us don't just rip off the Band-Aid and have like a new way of being overnight, right? It's an evolution. You grow in your ability to live in alignment with his word. You grow in your ability to be in alignment with authenticity, right? You have the intention. That's a great one because as an example, you have the intention of being authentic, but your insecurities get in the way of you truly displaying that. And then as you as you work on being authentic and you realize God still catches you, right? Even when you feel vulnerable and you're sharing or whatever it is as it's appropriate and as he calls you to, then you lean further into your authenticity, right? You don't just, it's not like flipping a switch. It's an evolution, right? And so right now for me personally, and I think this might be true for some of you, which is why I'm sharing, he's telling me to take my commitment to being intentional and disciplined to yet another higher level and specifically as it comes to how I invest my days and how I plan my days. Um, And like I said, I get to practice then being consistent with it. So I, in my quiet time and in uh, really being focused on him, he's given me kind of a new layout in detail as to how to start my day, how to end my day, what to focus on, you know, in between is kind of loose depending on the day, but structure so that he is first and foremost and that he is front of mind so that I am available to really um, listen and lean in and take action as he leads. And so it brought me to Matthew 7 and you might be driving and, and what have you so you can come back to this or just really uh, at a future time, I encourage you to take this into your quiet time and see what comes out of it for you, right? He will have a unique message that you are meant to hear, but I'll share with you what he has shared with me and that for me to hear anyway, um, to plant the seed and and spark um, hopefully some interest in you looking at this a little further for you and how it flows into your life and especially starting out this new year. So as I dove into Matthew 7, 7, 13 through 14, I'm going to read this part of it. Um, it. It says, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. So there are many who go by the broad way that leads to destruction because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. There are few who find it, right? There are few who find the narrow gate and actually choose to go through the difficulty it is to stay on that path. And so, and again, we've heard the verses before, but I really thought about like, again, not to just to use comparison for a moment for our highest good, not for condemnation, but actually for our good, is look at your daily routine and your daily choices as a woman who has a heart for Jesus and wants to live according to his highest good for you. Look at your daily routine and does it look like that of otherwise good women, but yet they don't have a personal relationship with God? Or does it look like Is it common? Is your daily routine and your daily choices common to your mom group, to your other female female entrepreneurs, right? Whether they be Christian or non-Christian, right? Does it does it 
looks similar to your sphere of influence. And if it does look similar, remember, narrow is the gate and few who find it. And I just had this heavy like reminder that our life, our daily choices is to look very different than most. We are the oddballs. We are the weirdos when we are choosing to truly focus on him and God and God first, right? And live our life in accordance with his word, not by his law. We have grace, we have forgiveness, we have all of that. But being able to live according to how he has uniquely spoken to you. And so that brings me to the that next point is that once the one that, so it was, you know, you might be thinking, duh, we know this, it's narrow, we're supposed to be doing that, but we're supposed to look different, we're supposed to be living different, but really ask yourself, am I living it out or have I gotten caught up in one aspect of life or another and does it look too much like common? Does it look too much like main society? Do, do people know there's something different about me? Not that you have to go preaching to everybody, right? That's, that's, you know, for whatever is on your heart in terms of what you share and when you share, but does your life look different? Is it marked by his word and his way of being, right? Because knowing and doing are not synonymous. We know that because Galatians talks about, I know what is good, but I don't do what is good, right? And so it's just an opportunity for us to really reflect, uh, am I actually living it out? Am I actually doing it? And what was interesting to me as I reread these passages is that in 1520, it warns us to be aware of false teacher. Now, wait a second, because you might have already thought, well, I'm not a false teacher. The people I know, I hang out in Christian circles. They're not false teachers. But it says it warns us to be aware of false teachers because they might look good, but they aren't choosing the right things. God sees their hearts sees their motives, sees their fears and their intentions. So like the Pharisees knew his word, they, they knew his commandments. They themselves thought that they were making the right choices and yet they were missing the biggest part. They were missing the relationship with God. And so then their hearts didn't reflect his heart. Their way of being didn't reflect his grace and mercy, right? Because they were so focused on the word itself. And then 21:23 talks about people going to God and saying, but I did all of this for you, right? So like I was just saying, sorry, I'm looking at notes also, but as I was just saying, they thought they were doing the right thing. And God's response to them was, I never knew you. Wow. Can you imagine thinking, living your whole life, thinking you're doing all the things, you're dotting the I's, crossing the T's, but you're so caught up and busy, you knowingly or you unknowingly missed it. That is like so heavy to me. I don't, I, don't, I know, sis, I know you feel the same way. I know it wouldn't be with intention. I know that you don't want to miss God any more than I want to miss God, right? We want to be at his feet. We want to understand him in intimacy and depth like no other, right? But like who he was talking to in 2123, 
we in today's society can get caught up in the busyness of actions and miss him in the process, miss being in relationship with him in the process. And again, going back to, you know, one of the ways that we can unintentionally miss him is by allowing the discouragements and the distraction. And one of those that I get to help women on is when that distraction is not feeling good in your own body, not having ideal health because you're low on energy, low on brain or, you know, experiencing brain fog because you're, you're whatever reason might be you're not fueling enough, you're not sleeping enough, you're not managing stress, you're like being run by anxiety, right? You lack the confidence that God needs you to have in order for you to take what he has for you to the next iteration of what he wants for you, right? Those those insecurities, of course, God understands them, but again, it comes back to being an active participant so that we are aware, we become aware of where we're allowing discouragement, distraction, right? Um, And 2427, like, are we doing our part to optimize the, the, the ground in which we have to work with, which is our mental well-being, right? And our physical well-being. That is the, the ground, if you will, that empowers us to enables us to 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 be in relationship to him with him clearly free of distraction or discouragement or anything being stifled i don't know if you're ever you know one i hope that you know there's that evolution where you're you're fully fertile so to speak in mind and body because you've completely optimized health and well-being i think that that's probably a practice that we get to continue to work on until the day he takes us home but 2427 tells us whoever hears my saying and does them is like a wise man who is built on the house of a rock or yeah built his house on a rock right meaning that when we hear his sayings and do them then we are able to withstand adversity And then it says, whoever hears and does not do will be a fool who built his house on the sand. And so like they crumble with the slightest bit of challenge. And of course, the, let me go back, the 15 through 27, I'm just paraphrasing for you. I'm not giving you the actual scripture. Um, But what made me think of, what this made me think of is that you look at who he was talking to. And again, I'm not a Bible scholar. I can just tell you what was kind of put on my heart as I was reading this and in my quiet time with him is that it's not only building, hearing my sayings and does them is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. That's not only his scripture that he has given to all and everyone, but I believe it applies to what our unique direction is from him and what he wants to provide to each of us so that we are also becoming that our unique representation of him as he has created us to be, right? And that we are then also experiencing the unique gifting and relationship that he wants with us and then able to give it out to others, right? And so again, the reason I was led to this is because they were, they thought that they were acting on his word, but it's not just the scripture, right? Not that we're adding anything to the Bible. It's adding the understanding of having that personal relationship with God 
and being able to be in a position to discern his voice and discern, discern the, the way he wants you to be experiencing life and the means in which he wants you to be giving out your role in your kingdom purpose. Make sense? And in doing this, I was also reminded of it's um, kind of an anecdotal explanation of how the enemy works, but it's kind of creepy because it's so like if you could imagine the schemes of the the enemy it's it, it's pretty right it is what i would think would be right on and it's napoleon hills um did a write-up called outwitting the devil or yeah outwitting the devil um and you can find it on youtube and i think it's probably on the web and pdf form or what have you but it's interesting to listen to just from the standpoint of Again, it kind of expanding on all the ways the enemy only needs to distract us. And those distractions, again, the reason we don't want to give the enemy too much emphasis, right? You have power authority. He does not have the power over you. You have power and dominion over him by God's spirit in you, right? Um, however, you have to know your enemy in order to know how to fight your enemy. And the enemy, the actual enemy, the devil, wants to distract you just enough. He can't conquer you, but he wants to distract you just enough to keep you inhibited or restricted or stifled in your ability to experience God, live according to what he has for you, and then be able to give it. So it's important to understand and identify even in the simplest things like being caught up in watching, you know, binge watching Netflix. Not that it's horrible to do every once in a while, but if you're ending your day every day with an hour or two hours of TV and yet you don't feel like you have time for God's word in the morning, there's some, there's something like you've, you've told yourself that story, right? And again, it's Sometimes we have stories that we've told ourselves and we don't even recognize them because we've held them for so long, right? Or you have that story like social media is a massive distraction. I know I absolutely have to be so intentional and in terms of not getting distracted by it, right? Social media, unfortunately, it's also one of the ways that one of the primary ways that as entrepreneurs, we do business, right? That's our connection. That's our networking. That's our way of reaching more people. That's our way of helping and adding value and all the things. And it is also that same tool that can be this massive benefit and be used in our calling to whatever God has called us to. It also can be used against us because you know that you can go on for one thing and then realize it's 30, 40 minutes later because you got caught off on a tangent scrolling aimlessly looking at what everybody else is doing or whatever the case may be, right? So, or like watching the news, getting sucked into fear and the drama of it all, right? Because ultimately we know as believers that God is the ultimate authority, but of course we're human and we can see some of these things and get sucked into fear and the enemy amplifies that, right? So being super mindful of what we allow in our headspace, what we allow in our immediate circle or environment is part of being aware of how the enemy will use 
our outside influences to further amplify, discourage, distract all the things, right? That again, circles back to keeping us from the fullest potential in which God has for us, right? So without it, diligent intention, we fall in and out of these distractions. And the extent in which we fall in and out of these distractions and duration in which we stay in it depends on our actions and our daily habits, right? It influences our actions and our daily habits, and therefore it influences the extent in which we experience and give, right? And Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? The noise and the destruction of this world that we get for every waking moment moment pervades our way of thoughts if we are not intentional and mindful. If we don't choose to become students of learning how to recognize thoughts, take them captive, decide what gets to stay and what does not belong to us, right? What is not for our highest good. But again, the goal of this episode is to um, remind you that we get to choose intention. And, you know, again, I when God gives us a kind of nudge or maybe it's received as a correction, it is for our highest good, right? So it's, I encourage you to really look through those verses in Matthew chapter 7 and ask yourself, you know, those questions. Are you living each day with intention, right? Are you on autopilot? Are you living with intention? Are you reactive as the day evolves or do you proactively plan and then protect your time? Is your stinking thinking frequent and loud or are you, you know, consumed by the it's not enough or imposter syndrome and all those types of things? Are you taking or are you taking them captive and replacing them with what God says to be true? Are you distracted by the busy and or you're overcommitted and you are you feel like you don't have time? Are you really committing that time to be in relationship and receiving all that he has for you? Is your brain, you know, comfortable with the discomfort of where you're at, right? Are you actively working to be intentional um, so that you can continually show up for yourself in effort to become, you know, the the version that God has for you, right? The highest version that God has for you. So I encourage you to take that to thought. And of course, if you have any questions or thoughts or you want me to go into more detail into any one of those, you can email me at Rebecca at RebeccaTabert.com. I'd also love to connect with you in our private Facebook group, Female Christian Leaders. And of course, if this episode was helpful, please share it with a girlfriend that you know will be helped with it and leave a review so that the algorithms to be will share it with other women who can be helped with it just like you. Talk soon. Bye.